It's the HBCU Football Daily Podcast for today, Tuesday, October 16th. I'm Donald Ware. So excited to bring you this podcast. Got a lot to get to today, as a matter of fact, on Takeaway Tuesday and some upsets in HBCU football this past weekend. I want to start with the Southern and Prairie View A&M game. Southern shocks Prairie View A&M 38 to nothing. I don't I don't think it's as much about the fact that Southern beat Prairie View A&M although I think that is somewhat shocking. I think it's more about the fact of the score, 38 to nothing. Prairie View A&M, one of the more high-powered offenses scored 0 points. And as a matter of fact, and speaking about that, um, you know, Ladarius Skelton, and you want to speak about offenses. Well, let's let's take it from this vantage point. Jalen Morton, the quarterback for Prairie View A&M, threw five interceptions in the game. If you heard uh, the weekend edition of From the Press Box to Press Row this past weekend, you heard me give my top five players at the midway point, and Jalen Morton was my number one guy. He's still my number one guy. I think this game was more of an aberration. I think it was more of a situation where Southern really needed uh, a football game, a big win to stay in contention in the SWAC's Western Division. I had even talked about this the last several weeks where Southern wasn't playing as well as they would have liked to, as well as Dawson Odoms would have expected his football team to play. At the end of the day, it was a young football team. I mean, it's hard to replace a quarterback, um, the likes of Austin Howard and what he was able to do in a four-year stretch at Southern. Again, in my opinion, the last or the last four years, the best quarterback in the SWAC, Austin Howard. Hard to replace a guy like that, and you look at a Ladarius Skelton who makes his first start for Southern. 370 yards of total offense in the game, responsible for five touchdowns as well. Of course, he went on to be named our Box to Row National, one of our Box to Row National players of the week. Um, again, uh, you know, you look at Southern, what's next for the Jaguars? Well, again, they put themselves in contention. The Jaguars have put themselves in contention in terms of still competing for that SWAC championship or that SWAC Southern Division crown. I mean, you know, I I maybe like a couple of people. I, I'm not going to say I wrote Southern off because when I would talk about Southern, I would say, well, Southern just hasn't come around. I'm not sure what they're going to be able to do. I mean, you cannot deny what Prairie View A&M has been able to do. Grambling is still right there as well. But Prairie View A&M head-to-head finally able to defeat Grambling a couple of weeks ago in that classic game in the State Fair Classic out in Dallas. So you're like, okay, uh, you know, Southern, it may be behind both of those teams, but Southern emphatically put itself back in the running for the SWAC Western Division crown and has a game up if there were a tiebreaker on Prairie View A&M. Again, as I mentioned um you know, and I had a chance to listen to the SWAC media call on Monday, as a matter of fact. And Dawson Odoms, the head football coach at Southern, just spoke about the fact that um, they really needed to put something together. They put a game plan together and they had an extra week to do it since they had a bye week. And he really asked his coaches to really examine 
what was taking place in their respective area. And the coaches came to do that. Offense, defense, special teams. No question about it. And again, Ladarius Skelton, what a performance for this young man. 202 yards rushing. He also had 168 yards passing. Uh, had a, a solid day in terms of completing the football. And Southern gets the big win over Prairie View A&M. And then, so what's next for uh, Prairie View A&M, or really what's next for Southern? Well, they got that uh, they got that big football classic, a new classic that's going to take place um, in Dallas. They're going going up against Texas Southern. So that's what's up next for Southern. Texas Southern is really reeling right now. Texas Southern, in my mind, not in contention at all in the SWAC's Western Division. Meanwhile, for Prairie View A&M, you come out of the stove against Southern, get blasted 38 to nothing, got to jump right back into the fire as they're going to take on Alcorn State. They're going to host Alcorn State. It's homecoming at Prairie View A&M, and that's going to be a tough football game because Alcorn State rebounded from its loss a couple of weeks ago and looks like it's back on track uh, right now in a big win over Alabama A&M, who was a team that was surging in the SWAC's Eastern Division. So we got a lot of really good races. In years past, it would have been all about Grambling and Southern at this point. But right now in the Western Division, uh, you got Southern, Grambling, and Prairie View A&M in contention. And then in the Eastern Division, I mean, outside of Mississippi Valley State, listen, let's not sleep on Jackson State. Jackson State now 3-2 and two with their victory this past weekend. And, of course, you can log on to our website, BoxToRow.com, to check out our Box to Row HBCU football scoreboard. But don't look now, but Jackson State still right there in contention. Alabama State, even though they lost to South Alabama, that obviously was a non-conference game. They have the win over Alcorn State. They beat Alcorn State a couple of weeks ago. They're still in contention. Obviously, Alcorn State is still in contention. And I wouldn't exactly count Alabama A&M out at this moment, although they're a couple of wins down. But I wouldn't count uh, Connell Maynard and his squad out just yet. Uh, of course, the other big game and a big victory for Florida A&M, 22-21 over North Carolina A&T. A&T had a 21-6 halftime lead over the Rattlers, and the Rattlers essentially walked the Aggies down in the second half. A&T, 98 yards of total offense in the second half. They had 13 penalties um, for almost – you know, well over 150 yards in this football game. And um, you want to give credit to Florida A&M. I had a chance to be at the football game. I had a chance to call that football game. And to me, um, Florida A&M did what it needed to do. A&T shut the running game down. That's what A&T does. It, it, in essence, shut Florida A&M's running game down, which had been very good to be quite honest with you, had been a great compliment to Ryan Stanley, who, listen, in the first half, I mean, Ryan Stanley was not having a very good half, and that uh, mostly was in part because of what North Carolina A&T was able to do. And, but the running game wasn't good in the first. I think, I think the Rattlers had a negative one yards rushing in the first half in terms of, of, of running the football. But in the second half, even though Florida A&M ended up with 50 yards in the second half, 51 yards total in terms of running the football, they got some significant runs when they needed them the most, particularly on their last couple of drives. 
down the stretch. I mean, if I look at the numbers, I've been able to pull it up right here. Uh, Ricky Henryless, not, uh eight carries for 33 yards. Doesn't sound like a whole lot, but there were some key runs, some key third down runs, as a matter of fact, by Florida A&M. Third and about four and three. You expect maybe that they're going to throw the football. No, they ran the football and caught A&T off guard in a lot of occasions. Again, A&T had uh, numerous third down opportunities, and and give Florida A&M credit. Nine of 18, on, excuse me, 10 of 19, 10 of 19 on third down opportunities. They were able to convert a lot of opportunities without the penalties. And then, of course, A&T had a lot of penalties on third down. You're looking to get off the field, and then you get an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty that goes against A&T. And um, so uh, I think, I, in my opinion, in, in, in as unbiased as I possibly can be, I think A&T gave that football game away more than Florida A&M wanted, won the football game. But Florida A&M wanted the football game more than North Carolina A&T did. If I look at the numbers, I'm going to give you some numbers. Ryan Stanley was like 9 of 22 for a hundred and some odd yards in the first half. He had one interception. He finished the game 28 of 53, 313 yards, one touchdown and one interception. He had a lot of key throws, some really good throws to his receivers. This kid, Chad Hunter, is really good. Eight receptions, 105 yards in the game. Um, Azende Ray, who was a running back, running back turned receiver, more of a, of, of a guy that can be that dual threat, but he's been more of a receiver now. Eight receptions, 63 yards. Xavier Smith was big, four receptions, 59 yards. Marcus Williams was big in this game, three receptions for 33 yards. And that's the one thing that Ryan Stanley does well. What he does well is distributes the football to different receivers. He's done that throughout the course of his career. He did it today in the game against A&T. Listen, I had a chance to talk to Willie Simmons on last week about Ryan Stanley. And the vibe that I got from Willie Simmons was that Yes, if you look at the numbers and what Ryan Stanley has been able to accomplish this year, if you look at tip, just numbers, numbers. If you hadn't seen him play a game, if you look just at the numbers, they're solid numbers. But the sort of the vibe I got from Willie Simmons is that he wanted more or he wants more from Ryan Stanley because even in our pregame show he said when Ryan is on, He's on, but I think he definitely, meaning Willie Simmons, wants more from him. Well, couldn't have gotten much more from him in the second half. No interceptions, a touchdown, uh, one touchdown throw, and his, his completion percentage went way up. For North Carolina A&T, I mentioned the struggles defensively in terms of the second half. I mentioned the struggles in terms of penalties in this football game, but also, the Aggies, the last couple of weeks, have been able to run the football very well, not able to run the football, and you got to credit Florida A&M for that. A&T, in terms of running the football, ran the football for just 74 yards in this football game, 74 yards in this football game. All the credit on that goes to Florida A&M because Florida A&M's run defense was extremely stingy, and if you can stop the two-headed, uh, two-headed monster of – of Jamaine uh, Martin, and then, of course, Marquell Cartwright from running the football, then you're doing some really big things. I thought in the football game, Lamar Reynard was solid, 17-29, 248 yards, two touchdowns. He had one interception. The interception was deflected at the line of scrimmage and caught 
But, again, in the second half, I thought the Aggies got a little bit conservative uh, in terms of from an offensive standpoint. And coupled that with Florida A&M, uh, their defense, and it made for a win for Florida A&M, a field goal, as a matter of fact, with four seconds remaining on the clock as uh, Yahia Alai uh, is able to get the field goal to go from 26 yards out, and that was the game winner for Florida A&M. So what does the MEAC look like right now? Well, Florida A&M, the only undefeated team or the only team that has not lost a MEAC game to this point. You have A&T with one loss. You have North Carolina Central with one loss. You have Howard with one loss. You have uh, Bethune-Cookman has one loss. Norfolk State has one loss. So you have those five teams that have to now chase Florida A&M. And guess what? Florida A&M has the tiebreaker over A&T, has the tiebreaker over North Carolina uh, or over Norfolk State. But the Rattlers still have Howard left to play. Um, you got to figure that that's going to be a uh, – I mean, that's going to be a tough football game, um, especially with Howard coming off its big win over uh, Delaware State this past weekend. But um, – Listen, Florida A&M still has a lot of football left to play, um, still has really some tough games left to play, including um, against Bethune-Cookman to end the season. Uh, Morgan State is the next opponent. Then they have to travel uh, in two weeks to our nation's capital to take on Howard, and that should be a pretty good football game. Some other games, Morehouse no longer undefeated, falling to Albany State 41-19, to and that game was in Atlanta. So no more unbeaten teams. There are no more unbeaten teams in HBCU football. And uh, really, uh, you know, uh, listen, Albany State's playing well. They lost their first three football games. But since that, um, the Golden Rams have been able to really, really rebound and have won four straight football games. And and so now they're in still in that hunt for that Eastern Division crown of the SIAC where Morehouse is still in it, uh, but Benedict uh, is right there. Um, and, and as a matter of fact, Morehouse still going to have a tough football game. Morehouse with a tough football game. Uh, the upcoming, they're going to have to take on Benedict. So you lose that football game to Albany State, and then you got to face another tough opponent in Benedict. And in the football game, Albany State's quarterback, um, Kalias Williams, also named our Box to Row National Player of the Week, completed 16 of 18 passes, 254 yards. He had three touchdowns, no interceptions in the ballgame. Also rushed for 32 yards and one touchdown in the ballgame. And again, a, uh, listen, Morehouse still has an opportunity, but now again, Albany State, no, you know, they have the tiebreaker over Morehouse and then. Uh, you still got who I think Benedict is still the team I think to beat in the SIAC's Eastern Division. So that's a recap uh, of this past weekend's games in Takeaway Tuesday. Uh, don't forget, we got uh, from the press box to press row coming up each and every weekend. Log on to a, a our website at boxyrow.com and find a radio station in your area that carries the program and uh, check back here for updates, regular updates 
in terms of what's happening in HBCU football, you can log on, of course, or stay locked in to our website at BoxToRoll.com. Have a great day. coming off the bench while I'm coming off the court fully drenched. Here goes some hater rain, get your thirst quenched.